Hey everyone, welcome back to my Belacadian universe. This is the last uh, episode for this season. Uh, it is summer and I'm going to take some time to recharge and you know, take care of my mental health and just, you know, take a pause and a break and um, be back in a few weeks. Uh, so please uh, stay tuned. Uh, be sure to subscribe so that uh, you don't miss new episodes when they return in a few weeks. But um, as I typically do at the end of uh, a season I like to reflect, um, you know, on the past year, few months that um, we've been uh, discussing all these important uh, equity and anti-racism issues and just sort of take stock of what's been going on in the world. And honestly, I am... I am tired. I'm tired because <laughs> there's just um, so much that's been going on, so much hatred motivated um, crimes going on in the world right now and um it's it's a little disheartening so let's talk about it so i've been thinking a lot about james baldwin and um i was inspired by his words um, he says, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. And so one of the things that I find so frustrating is um, some of the conversations that need to happen, some of the policy changes that needs to happen, some of the internal dialogue that people need to be having with themselves about racism, about hate-motivated crimes, about white supremacy, uh, our social fabric, are just not happening because people are so afraid to face these issues um, because it's not easy. A lot of the time, and I get that it's human nature, people want to skip to the end. Um, a lot of the conversations, especially um, here in Canada, are about how it's over, how it's done, how, you know, racism is in the past. We're, you know, past this 
difficulty and that's really the the real block the real hindrance the the the, the barrier to having this change to um, move forward and actually be um, moving towards equity and inclusion uh, and belonging for all um, people in our society and I, I just the frustrating thing is that you know racism is different I've talked about this a lot and it's something that people are so blind to um, if you're not a black person in this country um, that nobody is going to to uh, well not nobody um, people that are racist aren't going to look like what we've long ago decided racists look like. So they're not going to be screaming that they hate, you know, anybody who's not white. They're not going to be um, saying, you know, I'm better, uh, long live white supremacy. They're, they're never going to say that. You know, most people, they're not going to be that honest with themselves. They're not going to be that honest with you. What they are going to do is be afraid of change. They're going to be comfortable with their privilege. They're going to um, uphold in any way that they can the systems, the services, the policies, the practices that serve serve them. Whether it be something as little as dismissing um, someone's feelings, an incident that happened that is clearly racism, um, they're going to brush it off. They're going to make you seem crazy. They're going to make the situation seem crazy and overblown and, and just ridiculous. You know, that's, you know, that's a way of upholding that system of racism, of uh, ensuring that the power dynamics stay with white people um, and serve white people and nobody else. Though, you know, though that's like a simple way, a simple example when we say that um, you, it, it doesn't look like, you know, um, overtly being mean to somebody because of their race that's not the kind of racism we're talking about fighting here we're talking about the everyday 
microaggressions. We're talking about um, the behaviors of people that, you know, demean, belittle, um, prevent success of people, um, and, you know, all the way up to endangering and ending the lives of people simply because of, you know, their race. And, um, you know, these are the things that we have to actively fight and people are so afraid, so resistant to tackling this type of change. I, I don't know what it takes to make that shift in an individual because it's it's a matter of um, of choice it's a matter of choice of being able to to make that choice to say yes I recognize that as racism someone has taken the time to explain this to me to share their experience with me and as a human being I'm going to trust that they aren't um, making it up that this is their reality that they know better than me in something that they are steeped in something that I am excluded from simply for being a white person I am going to trust that they know as a person who's not white that what racism is and they are taking this giant leap to be vulnerable and share that with me and what I can do if I'm truly anti-racist is believe them believe that the facts it's sort of like you know having the 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 belief in history and you know being like with all I know about racism you know from what I've read in history books or you know what I've seen in overt cases of racism and what I've you know read about microaggressions and you know I'm you know saying this as someone who's you know like okay you know this is what I've been hearing through the Black Lives Matters movement it's been you know what I've been absorbing um, through the news and I'm saying that you know I've heard of this thing called white privilege and maybe why this is such a foreign concept to me is because of that privilege and perhaps what I can do to get out of this bubble of white privilege is believe my friends, my neighbors, my coworkers, um, 
that person on the news, that stranger that said, this happened to me because of the color of my skin and I need help to change it. So the a thing about bringing about change and equity is that it involves the relinquishing of um white people having um, uh, an unequal an un, uh, access to power. And that's going to be a change in um, North American society and um, people are uncomfortable with this with this change it's not a a, a, a popular um, or like it's not something that a white person is going to feel comfortable acknowledging it's not polite to say if you don't consider yourself a racist. It's also, um, you know, if you want to fight racism, it can be a very uncomfortable thing to admit to yourself that you might be a little concerned about um, what the world would look like without uh, white people in charge in a position of power and um, that's one of the things that makes it such a um, difficult topic to um, to challenge and it's I, I <laughs> Nobody wants to admit that they have something in common with, you know, a mass shooter that seeks out and targets, you know, the killing of, you know, black people simply for being black. Nobody wants to admit or even acknowledge or, you know, um, entertain the idea for even a half a second that they could have anything in common with someone like that. There's, and that's where that scale I was referring to um, comes into play. At the extreme end, you have somebody who is willing to um, end someone's life, you know, commit 
one of the most, if not the most atrocious crimes that we have um, in our, you know, society, which is ending another human life for this um, idea of preserving white supremacy. They're the fundamental similarity with somebody who isn't on that extreme, on that scale, is just that there are people that truly believe, you know, they don't want to kill, um, you know, non-white people, but they do believe that a white person is superior to any other um, person. Whether they acknowledge that to themselves or not, if they speak with it openly, um, they fundamentally will believe that. And that is very damaging because it it prevents this very necessary um, transition to get over that hump, that barrier of preventing equality and change um, because they ultimately don't think that there's anything wrong with white people holding um, this position of power based on their whiteness. They, you know, do think that white people maybe are smarter than anybody else. You know, some people might think, well, there's never been a, a, a different, you know, way of being. And it's because it's, you know, our right as white people, they might not understand history and you know colonization and like you know the the laws that were written and governed to um maintain um you know the rules and power dynamics of slavery and colonization and you know just like the Jim Crow laws and just you know the RCMP function and just you know all these things like they might not understand that you know something was you know written into you know policy and hard fought and won with people's blood and you know lives and hundreds of years of you know change and um, they might not understand. They've never known anything else. And so they're taught this, you know, we're all taught of this lie of white supremacy. And so people don't know to question it. They don't know to um, believe anything different. And this is, you know, why we see such resistance to um, these ideas that, you know, we're going to be taught to hate white people now that, you know, anti-whiteness, whiteness is under attack. And, you know, all these things um, 
about critical race theory just being evil and wrong and you know these are all the things because we don't want people to start questioning um, this they don't want people to start uh, understanding the roots of racism better so that they can be eliminated um, education and knowledge is a powerful tool of um, creating change um, and so the people that want to suppress this to you know maintain this 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 dynamic um, understand that and it's a great manipulation to to convince people that the way things are are the way they always need to be and that they are right and people truly believe that and they're willing to murder for it and lie to themselves about it lie to others about it all in the name of believing that they are for some inexplicable reason I haven't seen any real reason any biological proof any hard data they just want to believe in some fictional reason that inherently white is better and um, it needs to be challenged people need to challenge that very um, that very idea to really unlock so many ills that are poisoning our society. So I'm going to end with a personal story, as I like to do. Um, one of the, um, as I get older, one of the things I realize that I would have really liked for myself is uh, back, if I had known what I know now, um, I would have really liked 
to have gone to a, a university like a, that was predominantly black. I feel like um, it would have been so um, healing for me um, because I I share a lot of like on this podcast that I you know predominantly uh, grew up and, um, occupied white spaces. Like I lived in a predominantly white neighborhood and, um, you know, that, uh, shaped my experiences, you know, I will say like, I've, you know, it's that thing where like I'm in, you know, everyone was very polite, the polite racism (laughs) that, you know, you're used to. And I wasn't going to say like, no one was mean to me. I didn't have like, uh, you know, that overt experience, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't comfortable. I can say I would, I wasn't comfortable. And, um, you know, I also share on this podcast that, you know, my best friend that I've, you know, known since grade two, uh, like, uh, is a black woman. And I think <laughs> one of those things is that we gravitated to each, towards each other because, you know, we were, um, one of the few black people and, you know, she's just amazing, but, you know, it's just one of those things where you're like a black person, you know, fam, come here. And so like, I would have liked. And so when I say that I would have liked to have gone to a a black university, it's because I wanted, I want that uh, comfort. And so, you know, when now when I occupy spaces that are, you know, predominantly black, all black, uh, something happens. Uh, People that are black, you know, know what I mean? There's, um, there's, I want to say magic, but it's magical. Uh, we're magical. And, uh, you know, there's so much, I, uh, I don't like that term. It's just a thing. But anyways, I just, you know, without those unsavory stereotypes, I just want to say that, you know, when I'm with, um, uh, black other black people and I'm we're in a I'm in a predominantly black space for a change. Um I you know, I, I find as I've gotten older, you know, besides like, you know, when with with family, like, you know, thank goodness I have a large uh family and just, you know, we'd have like, you know, barbecues and hanging out. But just when I'm not in that context and I'm just out in the world, outside of my family and I'm in a predominantly black space. I find I thrive on that um, energy that's present, and what's what's there is that I'm I, I feel like I'm not a um, in that context. I'm an individual, and I think that's what it it is. It's just I feel that I can be. Um, my true self, like I'm, you know, awkward, nerdy, uh, (laughs) outspoken, 
crazy me and I can be that and I'm accepted and nobody's trying to put me in this black girl box that I have to occupy in a predominantly white space. And, um, you know, I feel I have to force that in, um, when I'm in a white space, I have to force people to see me as an individual. I, you know, I, I talk about how people didn't accept that I was like into, you know, Bon Jovi and like all this crap that, you know, um, when I was, you know, growing up and just like, oh, you know, Led Zeppelin, like, you know, it's just all this crap where I was like, yeah, I can like, I could like non, I'm using air quotes again, because <laughs> you can't see me, but you know, I'm like, yeah, I can like non stereotypical black things, people open your mind, expand your mind. Um, so, you know, I just, I didn't, I don't have that resistance to my personality when I'm in these spaces and I I would have liked more of that I would have liked more of that and um, uh, that's the kind of space um, that I want to occupy all the time even outside of uh a predominantly black space. I think that's sort of um, my hope for the 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 better world that we need to be building towards. So we need to remove this lie of white supremacy of races period you know we need to start seeing each other as human beings period it needs to It needs to, it needs to happen because we can't continue this way. We can't have people being killed. We can't have people being restricted. Imagine how many wonderful ideas, how many wonderful stories, how many wonderful creations are just out there being stifled because of racism. Um, so many uh, people are, are not getting their opportunity to thrive and create and um, be because of limitations like racism. It, it's just I, 
I always like to think of, uh, you know, the bright side of things and I'm trying to, 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 you know, be mindful of that. And so I don't have the answers. I mean, I honestly do think that knowledge is a big piece of that, um, which is why it's such a powerful thing. Why, you know, Um, why we need to have these ideas and open conversations, but I also know, understand that change happens one person at a time. And if uh, people don't want to, to have that change, I, 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 I don't know what will change an individual person's heart. I don't know what that key is, but I do know that it's not gonna be through ignoring the problem. It's not gonna be through not having the conversations and I know it's not gonna be uh, making people comfortable uh, by doing the same thing that has always been done. I, I think that uh, it needs to, there, there needs to be a catalyst and to have that whatever that is, just be the spark to, um, to make sure that every single day, every single second, um, that we are not living in equality, that we are fighting for this change, that we are making people aware that people are still suffering at the hands of racism and, um, you know, that needs to happen until it is eradicated. Thank you so much uh, for uh, joining me this season on uh, my journey through my Blackadian universe. Um, Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe so that you don't miss any new episodes when they start up again in the next few weeks. Um, until then, please be safe out there. Take care of yourselves and enjoy the summer. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.